1: What's going on, everybody? Happy Wednesday or happy whenever the hell you're listening to this. Welcome to the Roto-Grinders DFS Pick 6. I'm Eric Curran. I'm joined as I am every week by John Daigle and Rich Rebar. And Rich, how are we doing today? How's this Wednesday treating you? Real good. You know, here we are. You know, uh, we're officially
2: into November. Uh, You know, I heard you're not supposed to shave this month, so I'm going to keep up with that. Uh, And continue not to shave uh, (laughs) through no-shave November. But uh, this is going to be a fun week, I think. Week 10, we've got the most teams we've had them by all season six of them uh and then we've also got six teams playing on these primetime games that we've kind of latched onto in some capacity so the main slate is going to be really interesting uh this week but a lot of guys are moved off the board it's kind of our most condensed uh slate of the season up for a main slate so i mean it's gonna be a fun week
1: yeah this is one of those slates that at first glance you don't necessarily like it and i think as the week goes on the more work your guys are willing to put in i think you're going to start liking it more and more because this is a slate that a lot of people are going to look at and say I don't like it that much. And when that happens, people don't put in work. And suddenly you're going to have an edge if you actually know what's going on. Dego, what's going on with you, man? How's your Wednesday?
3: No, everything's going good. I totally agree with both of you. Uh, This past week, it was more or less don't get cute. Just go Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett, and that's apparently the key to opening up everything. But this week, we have two totals over 50. We have uh, some great tournaments on DraftKings in particular. We have the $100 entry millionaire maker that should weed out quite a few entries. So, no, I'm really excited about this slate.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And, of course, we're going to be talking about those totals that are over 50, a few low totals. It's going to be a good time for this show. But um, before we jump into it, Reeves, kind of give me your overall view of the slate.
2: Well, like I said, I think it's fun that, you know, we, we have, uh, you know, Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, uh, the 4 yards backfield, George Kittle, uh, Zeke, Gamari Cooper, Dak Prescott, you know, Stephon Diggs, Dalvin Cook, who we've been riding kind of all year, didn't really hit for us last week. Uh, but you know, and then the, the, even that Oakland, you know, Chargers game Thursday, having all those games off of the main slate, those would have been some appealing games. I think, uh, you know, make this interesting. Everyone's just going to play Christian McCaffrey. We should just eliminate him from the board this week. Everyone just has, do we just, we just have fun. No one gets Christian McCaffrey.
1: It's, I mean, I'm a, okay. With, I tried that strategy last week. It didn't work out. It's a zero for everyone. Yeah, yeah it was, uh, it was, <laughs> I wouldn't mind that. I, I'd be, it's per- a wash. I, yeah, I can't keep screwing it up then if, uh, if we just eliminate. All right, before we get into the slide, I want to let you guys know that we are only at two free rolls in honor of Yahoo using CF, CV, CSVs now, not CVSs. That would be the pharmacy. So Friday, it's, this is really neat. There's going to be an NBA free roll, and Sunday they're going to have an NFL free roll. On top of that, Lineup HQ premium features are going to be free starting Friday and ending Sunday at midnight. And let me tell you guys something. If you haven't checked out the new Lineup HQ, you really need to because – Look, it's going to be free from Friday to Sunday. You've got no excuses. None of this crap. Oh, I didn't have time, blah, 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 blah. You get three days. It's a weekend. You probably don't got to work. Get out there and check it out because the new lineup HQ is straight money. So, uh, yeah, check that out. Plus, of course, the free rolls on Yahoo for NBA on Friday, for NFL on Sunday. Check that out. And, again, even if you don't do anything else, check out lineup HQ because that is awesome. And also, college basketball is starting. How cool is that? Um, season the season uh two ninety nine for the season. It includes March Madness. It's only six ninety nine a day, uh, sixty nine ninety nine a month. It's provided by Varncast, one of the best DFS college basketball players in the industry. And again, I've talked all the time about these little niche sports, these smaller sports that the masses. They don't do as much research for these sports because there's not as much research to do. There's not as much content out there. So the ability to have somebody doing a lot of that research for you is worth every dollar. And you can really gain a big edge, a massive edge on these niche sports. So make sure you check that out. 299 bucks for the season. That includes March Madness. The contests are going to be big. You're going to be making some money. And also, i got to thank these guys. The Roto-Grinders badge promo. Y'all get a shout out for rocking the Roto Grinders badge. We got Snipe69, T Marol. I probably didn't say that right, but my apologies. I Eagle, I I 87. You got to get a better name than that, man. It's I Eagle, then the letter I, then the word I 87. You got to do better than that. We're going to get you a new name with the Roto Grinders badge. And then Nuke41792. So thanks, you guys, for rocking the badge. And, uh, Thank you guys for joining us. We're about to jump into this slate, and we're going to start off with a game that I think a lot of the people are going to flock to this game immediately. It's the Arizona Cardinals at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's a 51-point total. Tampa, four-and-a-half-point fa- favorites at home. And we know that these teams, they like to throw. They like to air it, out, air it out. We like Kyler. We like Jameis. We like either Mike Evans and or Chris Godwin. We know one of them is going to get there. So, Reeves, let's start with this Tampa Bay side. Where are we going here? I, I would like to to have this you know be a show where you just read Twitter handles.
2: I think at this point or get gamer tags. So <laughs> we read that was uh, that was impressive.
1: It wasn't <laughs> impressive. I I read the bleeping sheet. We're good. I, the the one dude that had like seventeen eyes in his name. That's just they're just trying to mess with me at this point. I'm convinced that our producer Devin just sends me those names to mess with me.
3: You also said during the pre-show you were going to cuss, and you've already said bleeping. So I'm proud of you. Actually, you just made up. <laughs> yeah, you just made up for everything.
1: Yeah, I know. All right, it's it, you know sometimes you get in those moods where you just say they're gonna have to bleep me out sometimes on these shows. And uh, well, here we are tonight. Dad, all right, let's mode, talk. Your dad, <laughs> dad mode. Dad
2: mode is engaged, but yeah, this is the game to kind of. I think Flock 2 and this main slate is like the one, you know, the, the pinnacle high scoring game. Uh, you know, the Tampa Bay games now, they are averaging a combined 60.3 points per game. Uh, games that involve the bucks. It's the highest in the league. They don't play any pass defense. They play this complete, you know, kind of, you know, uh, a pass funnel defense. They blitz at the highest rate in the NFL. They don't really get home. Their pressure rate is kind of sagged off here as the season's moved on after they were getting a lot of sacks early in the season. Um, their pressure rates kind of dropped a little bit. So they're just inviting teams to beat them in an efficient manner. And we saw that last week when even the Seahawks were able to stick with the pass. You know, that, that was the blessing in the Scottish that game. We talked about it. You know, the Bucs got up 21 to 7, and that was all we needed for that game to kind of get rolling. It was if it would have went the other way, if it would have been Seahawks 21-7, we might have had a different outcome last week, and a lot of those, you know, sacks might not have cashed.
1: We but talked week, about it last yeah. week, man, where it's like if if Tampa got out to a lead. Yeah. Russ was going to ball out. That's mm-hmm. exactly what happened.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I feel bad for everyone that got, you know, uh, backdoored in that game with, you know, by Jason Myers, you know, because the field goal would have won it for Seattle and got the cover, but then the touchdown and overtime ruined it. Uh, it so would have won me back. a king of
1: the beach seat too. So uh big thanks. I ex- had, he, had he made the field goal, I would have won the king of the beach seat. So.
2: But for the Tampa Bay side, it's, it's real clear. I mean, they, we, have, we have three guys we focus on every week. You know, obviously, Jameis Winston. And, you know, obviously, we talked about last week, you know, Jameis Winston's one of those guys that always gives you, like, a bad feeling, you know, kind of in the corner of your mind. of Is he going to ruin this, this slate for me if I play him? But he's thrown for 300 yards and multiple passing touchdowns in five of his past six games. He's had at least 17.5 fantasy points in those games. And they only really throw the ball to two players, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And we've seen Mike Evans kind of really get get rolling here. You know, back-to-back games with over 180 yards. He's gone over 180 yards now three times on the year. Uh, you know, he's had a bye week mixed in and still ranks first among wide receivers in fantasy points, air yards, receiving yards, and his third in targets and receptions over the past four weeks with a bye-week mixed-in. That's how much value he's getting. He's kind of taken a little bit away from Chris Godwin, but you know, Godwin has a good matchup. They only throw the ball at two guys. Patrick Peterson has come back and not really played well. Yeah, uh, (laughs)
1: so good, man.
2: Yeah, he, uh, you know, since returning, he's allowed 14 of 17 targets uh, in his coverage to be completed for 204 yards and two touchdowns. That's a 131.4 quarterback rating. Uh, Mike Evans has faced Patrick Peterson and scored on him in both games. He had a 6-for-70 game Uh, in a 3-for-95 game with a touchdown in each game. But it's just those two guys. And then if you want to get cute and try to – we finally had like an official changing of the guard in the backfield last week with Ronald Jones, and Bruce Arians backed that down and said that he was going to be the starter. He started last week. He had a season-high 42 snaps. He only had 82 yards last week. And the you know, um, but he had the 20 touches, so I mean, he'd be like the one guy I think that like from a salary standpoint is like the one guy in a stack that like, you really don't have to pay up for on this Tampa
1: Bay side. You're Unless missing you're, somebody. I know, I know, I'm not you're even missing talk about somebody. Him. I'm not even gonna talk about him. <laughs> All right, well, I'm gonna throw it to Dagle then because yeah, everybody knows to play Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Ronald Jones got the start, he got the touches. I'm in on Ronald Jones, but Dagle don't make me the do f- it. First question I'm gonna ask you in this <laughs> whole show. The first thing I'm going to ask you, is it finally? Is it here? O.J. Howard season. Let's do it. Come on.
3: O.J. Howard, before he got injured, was on pace for 31 catches and 410 yards with no touchdowns. His
1: best one is like – On pace, by the way.
3: Six. On pace, 31 catches and 410 yards.
1: He's having I that mean, game.
3: yeah, but then here we are. The Cardinals allowed league highs – and to t- two tight ends and catches receiving yards and touchdowns. It is, yes, the penultimate spot. But Cameron, so I know, I know we want to play O.G. Howard. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Even I want to play O.G. Howard because he's so cheap and he's done absolutely nothing, which is what, ex- exactly how you play DFS. You just chase those guys. Having said that, uh, Cameron Braid also practiced in full on Wednesday. They're both going to be involved, and we know what's going to happen. Cameron Brate's going to play the fewer snaps of the boat, and he's going to have two touchdowns on three targets. That's exactly what happens every time.
1: I have done two shows today, and you're the second person I've done a show with that exact sentence.
3: That's how it works. Uh, I'm more interested in the whole uh, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans fiasco because Evans, 15 targets the last three weeks. He's averaged 13 more FanDuel points than Kenny Galladay. He's averaged 10 more DK points than Kenny Galladay, who's the next closest receiver in that three-week span. It's it's absurd what he's doing. So it's, it's something that points out to regression in favor of Chris Godwin, who's gotten 10 targets in that span as well, just obviously hasn't hit or exploded like Mike Evans has. So I think Chris Godwin oh, – actually, I know Chris Godwin will be the lower owned of the two – I still think he's a great play, especially because only $400 separates their salaries at both DraftKings and FanDuel, $200 of DraftKings, $400 of FanDuel. So yeah, I think you can go to Chris Godwin confidently. But if you think this is the game, and it very well could be, that you need to stack ancillary pieces because it's going to be the highest no matter what, so you're trying to get away from the ownership, then yes, go with Crane and and chase O.J. Howard.
1: Yeah, and this I swear has nothing to do with me trying to salvage my best fall season.
3: <laughs> oh, buddy, I got so many fourth-round OJ Howards, you don't even know. Don't if, even you, know. If, you,
2: if you want at least one positive note on OJ Howard, before his hamstring injury, the last two games for his injury, he ran a pass route on 55% of his snaps and 67%, which is two highest of the season. Oh, so baby. Maybe there was a little bit of a trend there starting go. to happen.
1: Lock button. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
2: Good there there's one positive note I'll give you for Otarius Jabari. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is that actually his name or did you just make that up? No, that's his real name. Real okay. That's been given. That's amazing either way. Um but yeah, as far as Mike Evans or Chris Godwin, look, every single week one of these guys goes off. The lowest DraftKings point total that either one of them has put up week in and week out is 28. Like one of these guys goes off every single week and like I like Dago, when I look at these guys, and I started doing this a couple weeks ago, and it's been it's been nice, I'm playing at least one of them on every single team I build. I'm just not even messing around. Like, one of these guys are going to crush. It happens every week.
3: Yeah, it's fair, and it's something you brought into mind and spoke about last week, why you wanted to play Stafford, Galladay, and Marvin Jones, or some combination. And uh, I listened to you, and you were correct. The fact is, it's a concentrated target tree. And even if uh, O.J. Howard were involved – at a lesser extent than Godwin Evans. The fact is, we know where the ball is going to go, which helps us out immensely in DFS.
1: Yeah, it makes things a lot easier. Now, on the Arizona side, this running back situation is a mess. Like, we're not going to get clarity, I don't think, till Sunday morning. David Johnson, today he came out and said he's 100%. If he is, I know it's a tough matchup, but Reeves, I kind of have interest in David Johnson because he's only priced at 5.7K here. And if he's actually in there, and if he's actually the starter and going to see or Two thirds of the snaps for a guy that catches the ball a ton. Why wouldn't I like a little bit of David Johnson? Yeah, I mean, if you want to get in the game stack sense, and, you know, probably,
2: you know, the way Drake played in that first game allows them to use David Johnson kind of split out a little bit more. And that's how he was being used, anyways, before he, you know, had this injury. That's where he was making all of his fantasy money, anyways, was that he was running all those wheel routes on linebackers and getting put into mismatches. That's what you still want. You know, I've seen some people suggest that they should just outright move David Johnson, the wide receiver, but they can't do that. They need to dictate mismatches with mismatches with him. He's also not a guy that can just completely just beat you know, NFL defensive backs, you know, regularly. He needs to beat linebackers. Uh, so this at least will give them a chance, I think, to roll him out. It kind of makes it a little more sketchy because we typically just want to target the Bucks with, you know, tight ends and wide receivers. And the Cardinals make that very hard. Uh, you know, they don't really have a tight end, and their wide receiver situation is just a mess. There's only it's, one. There's only one I'm interested in. It's just, you know, it's a gaggle of guys. They don't really, in and and the horizontal raid has kind of been back. It's kind of in, inched its way back into the fold here, you know. Uh, but it's typically only against teams that get pressure on them. So, you know, may, maybe with the Bucks not getting as much pressure recently and falling back to the middle of the pack of the league and pressure rate that we start to see, you know, them kind of take some downfield shots. I mean, it's really, yeah, I mean, if you want to just focus on two guys, it's, it's Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, I know we've still been waiting on this Christian Kirk regression. We've, we've chased it, you know, kind of in and out. Last week he wasn't involved at all, and Kyler had a good game, which is kind of, you know, troubling. Um, but as far as you're going, circling back to the backfields, uh, the Tampa, Tampa Bay has given up some yards here, man, recently. I mean, they've given up 108 yards from scrimmage to post-backfields the past four weeks, uh, at least a little bit of production. So, I mean, it's not something that we have to completely run and hide from now. At this point where they were just smothering teams, you know, start of the year, they're starting to give up some yards and some chunk plays. And the Arizona Cardinals, I believe, are third in DVOA rushing and their running back situation is their third in uh, yards created before contact because Lips actually schemed up that run game pretty well. So, I mean, there's an opportunity there for some of these guys to, to schematically get yards. And, you know, with the Bucks, you know, kind of looking, their season long stats look a little better than their recent stats. But uh, I then still think when I look at this side of it, I just really want to focus on Kyler. And, you know, kind of like we say with, uh, like Rumford Johnny says, you know, take the, take, buy the syrup and not the pancakes. Uh, because, you know, he's priced so cheaply, uh, especially on FanDuel. I mean, you look at the, the these quarterback points, the Bucks are just, just hemorrhaging to Russell Wilson, 39.2. Tannehill 19, Kyle Allen 17, Teddy Bridgewater 27, Goff 21, Daniel Jones 34 all over the past six weeks. I mean that's a, a nice healthy floor uh, for a guy that just put up 23 points on the 49ers.
1: Yeah it feels like Kyler's floor is like 20 points here. It, it really does and I mean I know you mentioned Larry Fitzgerald. I can't go there. Like I, I'm done with Fitzman. It's like late in the season like he's had to start getting his cane out onto the field. It's just I can't do it anymore. So I'm looking at pairing him with a guy like Christian Kirk. Or I think you can even run out, run him out there naked. I don't think you have to have a wide receiver with him. Dago, what do you think about this Cardinals offense?
3: Yeah, so we only have two weeks of overlap, really, between Christian Kirk and David Johnson. Oh, I guess four weeks, but two weeks of the non-horizontal raid. That's when we got a little bit excited and they started going off the show because they were no longer the Reeves-dubbed horizontal raid. But in, in those last two weeks, weeks three and four, with David Johnson healthy and Christian Kirk before he got injured as well, Uh, David Johnson was seeing 10 targets and I don't care if my running back gets fewer than 10 carries. And the fact is he won't get fewer than 10 carries, but he'll still likely see that amount. I know Kenyon Drake performed, admirable against an amazing defense, but I would still expect, and this is just an educated guess, but I would still expect Kenyon Drake falls back behind David Johnson. And even if he doesn't, he won't get the golden ticket targets that we want. So I'm just fine going Jameis, Godwin, Evans, or just one with David Johnson as the guy running it back.
1: Yeah, I mean, Kenny Drake look great and all, but I'm with you, man. Like, I don't think they're suddenly just going to say, "All right, DJ, take a you know timeshare role here." Of course not. No. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, it's just to me, David Johnson, and I've been, I've had a few people kind of laugh at me about this, but I think him at 5.7k. I think he's perfectly viable, and the fact that everybody's afraid to go there because two weeks ago he came out, played three snaps, and said, get me the you-know-what out of here, I think makes him a really, really interesting tournament option. Um, All right, let's move on to the Chiefs and the Titans. Forty-eight and a half point total. The Chiefs, three-and-a-half point favorites. I expect that to move up a little bit once Mahomes is confirmed to be the starter, though I fully expect Mahomes to be starting in this one. And I guess, Dago, I'm going to start with you, man, because Pat from Mahomes, like – it feels like coming off the injury, he's going to be lower owned than he should be. And that means in tournaments, I have a ton of interest.
3: That's totally fair. And it's good because, and we'll get to the Titans in a second, but uh, the Titans offense, Ryan Tannehill has carried his own weight as well. And we'll discuss that more in a bit. But the fact is, if we're getting Patrick Mahomes under ownership and the third highest total, I believe, so far in week 10, then it's obviously ownership you want to be overweight in. Uh, we know Mahomes' presence in general elevates every everyone in the offense. Like, yes, Sammy Watkins' floor is still miserable, but Sammy Watkins' ceiling is also wide receiver one in the offense. Uh, Demarcus Robinson and Nicole Hardman are going to sprinkle in on the other side, but it's still Tyreek Hill carrying his weight. And Travis Kelsey, who uh, is tied for the league lead in targets among tight ends, he's only scored two touchdowns despite leading all of tight ends and red zone targets, and he has yet to catch a touchdown on his position-high six. End zone targets this season. Do
1: you know so, how unfair it is that Austin Hoover keeps crushing and Travis Kelsey haven't hasn't done anything.
3: Well, guess what? You get a discount on Travis Kelsey this week, and whether it's cash or tournaments, like that's the guy I will 100 percent have everywhere.
1: Yeah, no, I like Kelsey plenty, and of course, you mentioned Tiger Hill, Sammy Watkins. I like all these guys and Reeves. We know that the Titans' defense, especially their pass defense, it just has it's it's not good.
2: Well, they lost Malcolm Butler, too, for IR, who was a guy that we were torching, but the guy that's replacing him with Sean Sims had to play two weeks ago for a Dory Jackson and got absolutely slaughtered.
3: Was that the Bucks uh, you know, game? That, that was the Mike Evans the game, game, right? Yeah, yeah the, right. the Mike, the Ga- Mike Evans yeah. took his soul, yeah.
2: yeah. So he's got to play now uh, for Malcolm Butler. So, I mean, you know, it's just kind of trade one guy. It's almost like the Eagles situation where they're just trading just bad guy for bad guy. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, <laughs> like, even,
1: even if Malcolm Butler was in... We would right. still be targeting So now we're getting a cornerback that is worse we're getting the a guy that he is playing. We're
2: getting a guy that he was playing ahead of.
1: <laughs> but, that's, uh, like, it's, that's an amazing spot to be but in. To, like, the
2: Mahomes, to the Mahomes point, not only are we getting Mahomes back this week, the knee injury also allowed you know him to kind of rest that ankle injury he was re-aggravating every week. We're also getting Mahomes back for the first time with almost a complete Chiefs offense, which we have not seen the entire season. They're still not going to have Eric Fisher. It's like the last missing piece. Uh, but Duvernay Tardif practiced today, so he'll be back at guard. Uh, so, I mean, they're going to have they're going to have Hill, Watkins, Kelsey, Mahomes, and almost the full offensive line on the field for the whole game, which we haven't had yet all season because Tyreek Hill left week one immediately almost, you know, the, that first game. So, I mean, a healthy everyone all around the board except for Eric Fisher, you know, is a good spot for the Chiefs because we haven't had that all year. And then to uncork one of these ceiling games where they – you know, put up in the 40s. Now, are the Titans going to do that pace-wise, allow them to get there? Maybe not, but, I mean, at least we know that that exists in the cards for if we're going to get lower ownership on some of these guys uh, coming back. Um, And I'm with you guys on Kelsey for sure uh, this week, especially the way things lay out. Uh, And we talked about him just due for regression to take hold and, and, you know, touchdown. Uh, you know, touchdown output. So I'm on that board at that. I have no idea still what to tell you guys to do at the backfield. Uh, I understand that Damien Williams has had 21 of 28 touches now since the Sean required that fumble, but man, does that 91 yard touchdown put a lot of deodorant on his game. Line and plate. he looked bad outside of that 91 yard touchdown. I yeah. mean, it was rough, uh, but you know, Hey, he ran in a straight line really fast. Uh, not faster than <laughs> Tyree kill on that, play, hey, none but, uh, that. None of us it, can do that. None of us can run no. that fast. So like props to you. But the Titans are good against the run. They're 11th in rushing points slot per game, but they're 28th in receiving points slot per game to backfields. Uh, And that's kind of where the Chiefs can scheme up some things for their backs. So, I mean, if he's going to make a dent, I think you're looking at his receiving upside to have a lot more positive impact uh, in this game than his rushing impact.
1: Yeah, and, you know, when I look at, like, this backfield – I just don't see a reason to go here. Like Damian Williams would be the guy you'd go to, but he's 4.9K. It's not like he's sitting there in the threes over on DraftKings and you're able to, you know, like really use him to get some guys in. He's not all that cheap. And Dago, I don't want to play any of these guys, and I'm pretty okay with fading the whole lot.
3: Yeah, I think it's fair. As Reeb said, uh 21 in the last 28 touches since LaShawn McCoy fumbled and to end that third quarter two weeks ago. I don't think you have to, though, with Mahomes back. I think you can just rely on a Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, or Travis Kelsey, as we said, stack, and just be, be just fine with it. Like LaShawn McCoy, I cannot imagine he is getting punished over a full like, game or a full two games just because he's carried the ball the way he's carried the ball his entire career. It doesn't make any sense. And I understand like the past month he's lost two fumbles, but it, it just doesn't make any sense when he still looks better than Damian Williams. So last week was the time to bet on Damian Williams coming out of that one quarter, handling a majority of the touches. I don't think now is the time to assume we know what's going to happen.
1: All right. And Reeves earlier talking about this Titans team. I I don't want anybody except for Derrick Henry here. It sounded like you had a different take though. So talk to me about the Titans. I, I think it was Dagel, but, I mean,
2: uh, you know, Tannehill has, for fantasy at least, he's been good. I mean, he's legitimately played good in, like, two of the games. Uh, Not last week. Uh, but, the, you know, the fantasy points have been there for the last three weeks. You know, he's, been, he's had 19 or more fantasy points in all three games. He's kind of been worth the price. Uh, you know, the Chiefs have only allowed, have allowed one or fewer touchdown passes on six of their nine games so far. So there is kind of like maybe some floor. We know how this Ryan Tannehill story ends. I think we've all been waiting for it. Like it was like it was like one week it hit and we were like all right, and then then he played the Bucks. So we're like well we've got to go back and he hit again. And then last week it was kind of like ooh Carolina I don't know. And then he, the points still came. And granted he added like ten rushing points in that game last week. But it's like we keep waiting for that other shoe to drop. You know maybe it comes this week. Um, The Chiefs' pass defense has been a little better than people think just because they get run on all game. But uh, even last week, Cousins was very inefficient in that game, just had the three touchdowns to kind of float his line. Uh, Derrick Henry is a guy that I think objectively is a good play, but uh, he's a guy I just typically hate to play, Uh, just no receiving juice. Last week, he actually had 12.6 PPR receiving points, which was more than he had his previous seven games combined. Um, but, you know, we always target the Chiefs against running backs. It didn't work out last week, you, as you kind of hit you with uh, Dalvin Cook. And then on, from the receiving side, it's just too flat. Now, Corey Davis mispracticed today with a hip injury. Maybe if he's out, it allows us to go after and attack a guy like A.G. Brown. But the target since Tannehill's taken over, he's targeted Corey Davis 22 times, A.J. Brown 20, Adam Humphrey's 18, and Johnny e. Smith 16. That's pretty flat to latch on to a quarterback that we're really not that excited about in totality uh anyways uh his types of targets. So I mean uh you know maybe you got some more you want to chase here but if Corey Davis out we can look maybe to AJ Brown.
3: No no, not really. It's just the fact that Ryan Tannehill and and I'm, I'm not suggesting you play him, by the way. It's just like if there it might be a build you have, because I don't want to promote your build for you either. But there might be like a cash build where you need a cheap quarterback and Ryan Tannehill's 5,100, and the way they keep up in this game or if they fall behind because Mahomes is back is via Ryan Tannehill who ranks as the quarterback five over the last three weeks because he also has a little bit of a rush, rush floor. He's averaged uh, just under five carries per game. Um, A.J. Brown hit a season high in snaps last week although it is still a smattering of targets going around. Jonu Smith, for instance, the last two weeks has a 70, 17% target share, and that leads the team. I'm just saying, like, if you need to get that cheap quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, like, you can do worse. That's the new show. You can do
1: worse. <laughs> Boy, I am really equipped to host that show. Uh, Delaney Walker, if he comes back, like any interest there?
3: Uh, I highly doubt he will come back, but okay. if not, but if he does – I just don't think you can trust a, what, a 34, But year old If he doesn't old,
1: come back, I'm willing to play some John at 3-5.
3: That's not too bad. And like I said, he leads the team in target share. the past two weeks. He just still is working just barely ahead of Anthony Furkser from Harvard. He, he's running like a route on 56% of 10 snaps. It's not too bad for a tight end, and especially for 3,500. Um, but yeah, Delaney Walker needs to officially be ruled out because he just All shed right. his walking
1: boot on Monday. All right, if you need a cheap quarterback, Reeves, is it Ryan Tannehill, or is it Baker Mayfield? Oh, God, it's definitely Tannehill. <laughs> <laughs> it's no, a real Baker. quarterback. Well, How Baker amazing hasn't, is it that Baker we went hasn't
2: thrown. Baker hasn't thrown multiple touchdowns any game this year, and the Bills haven't allowed multiple touchdowns, passing touchdowns any game this year. So, Is it Ryan Tannehill or Mitchell Trubisky? Ooh, now we're talking! Because you know, <laughs> I was gonna wait till the end because Danglir brought Trubisky up back-to-back shows. Well, guess what? It didn't, didn't happen. Suck? Back-to-back shows. Did he sucks. So I was gonna try to carry the torch uh, this week, <laughs> but uh, well, maybe maybe it's a teaser for the
3: folks out there.
1: Oh, oh, that's 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 good. That's good radio talk.
3: Well, I'm gonna talk about Mike Williams again, so
1: that's great. We're just gonna yeah, do it all gosh. over again. You hate money, all right? Giants and Jets, the Battle of New York, forty-three and a half point total. The Giants two and a half point favorite on the road, and you guys. Were you a little surprised when you saw this game on the show sheet?
3: Absolutely. Yep. Oh, I could yeah. not believe you wrote the Battle of New York to an email
1: to me. <laughs> All right, that was D-Train's email. I'm just going to say, he he. I just said this game. He's right the Battle of New York. And he was, I, I don't know, the D-Train had his coffee today, though. But I find this game a little bit interesting because both these defenses are not good. You get Saquon in the spot where he's going to be very low-owned, especially at this price, because everybody, if they're paying up at running back, they're just going to find the extra 1700 to get to Christian McCaffrey. You get a Jets team where Le'Veon Bell had the MRI, came back negative. I'm still not convinced that he even plays, so maybe it's a Bilal Powell or Ty Montgomery. Robbie Anderson pissed a lot of people off last weekend. it's still a really good spot for him. Reeves, I see you nodding your head, so what do we like here?
2: Yeah, man, I was. I had some Robbie, and he had one play where he had a walk-in touchdown, and they gave up pressure, and Darnold rushed the throw. It was like literally the only chance he had, chance of hitting But it was like a sixty-yard touchdown. Uh, the rest was just pain and darkness uh, for that whole game. I also doubled down and bet on the Jets, so that was just a, it was all thrilling. That nobody. Oh no. Buddy. Uh, Oh yeah, man! It was it was a real good time. The first drive, they walked, marched down the field, looked like it was all about to be so gravy, and then it was just a nightmare. The rest of the game, it was, you didn't it was fi- you didn't a have a lot of
1: Jamison Crowder teams in there to make you feel better.
2: No, man, <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I did not. Which which hurt. But uh, I don't know what to tell you about the Jets right now, man, because it's a disaster. Their head coach is uh, is lost. Their quarterback's lost. It's just and when you know the way Darnold played last week. Against the Miami team that we had been targeting with everybody, Case Keenum had 15 or more points. Mason Rudolph scored points against him. <laughs> uh, man, to see him play that way, and not even not even just not hit, but the, uh, just play that terribly. I mean, he was a joke in that game. I mean, he threw another horrendous interception that you like that's just laughable. Like you don't see quarterbacks make those types of decisions, especially on the goal line. They had the you know the, they had the bad snap that led to a safety. Uh, And then, you know, we've got two teams now that can't protect the quarterback facing each other. Uh, Darnold that leads the league in pressure or second league in pressure and Daniel Jones is first. Two guys that just are skittish. They, you know, uh, Daniel Jones is a lot better than Sam Darnold does, but Daniel Jones can't hang on to the football. Uh, You know, he, he fumbles every game. Uh, it's just a nightmare. I don't know what's going to happen in the backfield. The backfield situation reminds me exactly of where we were two spots against the Giants two weeks ago with Detroit Lions and Carry On Johnson. We've got a team that can't run and a guy that was a bell cow, but an ineffective bell cow, leaving the lineup for probably some type of timeshare between Bilal Powell and Ty Montgomery. Powell was out snapped in the last two weeks and out touched him, but this is a team. I think this is a situation that even though these guys are so cheap. This remind this just gives me the, the the PTSD Lions backfield flashbacks against the same Giants team uh, two weeks ago. Man, you even have a guy named Ty on
1: both teams. You have Ty Johnson. Ty <laughs> it's, it's,
3: it's Ty PSD. PTSD. Yeah, no, I'm not ready for
1: that. Ty PTSD. That's great. I love it. So, I mean, I'm not saying to play Sam Darnold, but you have he has to be better here, Daigle, Right. No, he just played the Dolphins that made Mason Rudolph look like a pro bowler. Like, that tells you
3: everything you need to do. Mason Rudolph, who should get benched for Devin Hodges. You don't need to hear anything more than that. And trust me, like, I, I'm i the one who comes on and yells about Trubisky. I am all for bad performances. You do, like, bad quarterbacks. I'm all for bad performances and then chasing that because I know it will drive ownership away in great matchups. I – Maybe Sam Darnold performs great. Maybe. I'm not ruling that out. But nothing has happened just yet with this play calling to this point that would suggest that he should have been better against Jacksonville. He was not. He should have been much better against Miami. He was not. There's nothing has happened that would lead us to believe to play Darnold in this matchup. So it could come back to haunt me and maybe I should play him. But I'm telling you, like, you should not believe that.
1: I mean, even if Sam Darnold has a big game, he's going to have like zero percent ownership, so it's not even. Going to for, aren't you? Aren't you a two to four quarterback
2: guy, Crane? Isn't that like? Aren't you part of the mantra? Like you're a tight quarterback.
1: Yeah, okay, I, right? yeah. I'm usually like two. How a does kid. he? Uh, how does he make it? it he's it, not going to make it. I'm just. right. I'm just, we're having a discussion. Okay. Well, let's. Say we're
2: just covering bases if he does hit, then, huh? Yeah. yeah
1: if he hits, and people I don't, don't
2: listen to the show hit. for that, The people don't want cowardly advice on the Pick Six Show. You stand your ground. <laughs> You make a choice. You draw a line right. in the sand.
1: All right, well, the $100 Millie Maker, we know what all on 50 of my teams are going to be. It's going to be if you're Darnold. Not gonna play him, if you're not going to play them, don't put a foot in the door. <laughs> it's going to be Darnold, Robbie Anderson, with Chris Herndon sprinkled in there. It'll be a really good time. You're going to come
3: on here saying bleeping this and bleeping that.
1: I know, I'm really, um, if I did that, I would really need the bleep button at that point. Um, uh, Levy
3: on Bell, though, he got a season low. I think it was 11 touches, eight carries, something like that, something close to that. And uh, then complained, as we know, to Adam Gase, and then got 25 touches this past week. But as Reeb said, they're just completely uncreative touches like there's nothing to enthuse yourself about these touches 3.3 yards per carry I don't even I don't reference yards per carry because it's not a sticky stat it doesn't matter at all but the fact he's now played eight games over half the season and has 3.3 yards per carry behind this offensive line that should tell you everything under five yards per target I mean it's just it's just absolutely miserable and that's why if he is rolled out and I don't expect he is But if he is ruled out, I just chase the targets at stone minimum and tie Montgomery because even if Bilal Powell were to get 15 carries, I don't want any part of the guy getting 15 carries that is not Le'Veon Bell, who's at least talented, right, Um, behind this offensive line because they are just that bad.
1: Didn't we have chalk Bilal Powell week last year? We absolutely did. That was a every disaster, year. right? Every year. I know. It's,
2: it's every year, right? Like, he gets one week, Blah Paul. Yeah. I feel like there's just no vowels in his name when
1: you say it. It's really, blah it's really crazy. Blah Paul. <laughs> blah Paul. <Yeah. laughs> um, God, I totally forgot what I was going to say. No, yeah. but if
3: it comes down to Le'Veon Bell, though, and like David Johnson in your cash lineups, if you're deciding between that, I'll, I'll take David Johnson. I'll take David Johnson over Bell yeah, right now. I,
1: well, I mean, what do you do if they came out and say, all right, Le'Veon Bell is. Totally healthy. We're going to give him just as much work as he got last week.
3: We couldn't play him against the
1: Dolphins. <laughs> it, he got the. I know. He was fine. Yeah, he was yeah, fine he was he for his price. It,
2: it was gross, though.
1: Oh, depending was,
3: how builds bad. are, though. Depending how your cash builds go. If you tell me one under the gun, I'm going David Johnson.
1: All right. Well, let's talk the Giants side. Um, It sounds like Sterling Shepard. It kind of sounds like he's unlikely to play in this one as well. Evan Ingram, he's got a foot issue right now. We're recording this Wednesday night. That could obviously change – between now and Sunday, but just something to keep an eye out on. Ingram's cheap enough at 5'7", where I have some interest. But to me, Reeves like this Giants team. This you know starts and stops with Saquon Barkley. Yeah, Saquon's in an interesting
2: spot. He's another guy that you know they've struggled to run the football. Uh, you know, not since week two has he been over you know four yards per carry. You know, he's capable of you know spl- giving you a splash play. He kind of had one of those save his game kind of on Monday, even though he didn't score a touchdown. He had that sixty five yard catch. Um, but the Jets are the Jets have been really good against the run all year. Uh, they're allowing just 75 uh, yards per game rushing. You know that's that's one of the lowest in the league. Uh, and they and they've uh, they're seventh in rushing yards allowed per game, but they're 21st in rushing attempts face per game. So it's like a legit like they're legit pretty decent against the run. They did you know shed Leonard Williams uh, you know a week ago. Uh, off the roster. They do give up a ton of receiving points to back so- those so far. They're 24th in PPR receiving points, A lot of the running back. So, you know, Barkley kind of make his way in there. Talked about, you know, no Evan Ingram opens up some, you know, intermediate targets. Uh, the last time Evan Ingram didn't play, Red Ellison did play 100% of the snaps to get seven targets, but we're not doing that. Uh, I think that the, probably the most interesting guys. well, obviously Golden Tate stays in just like this locked in, you know, supreme target role. I mean, he is seventh among all wide receivers in target share over the past month at 28 percent uh he's been a top 30 scorer in all four games uh the jets are bad uh you know we saw Preston Williams and Devontae Parker just you know kind of look like they could they look uncoverable in that game and you know Greg's doing his thing again where they blitz every play every game every play because I told you I've been at games i paid way too much attention to it that I needed to they would get to every third and ten and then Greg sends the house and man and you know zero coverage and a guy gets beat one-on-one and the uh uh, the Dolphins up a first down i uh, We'll probably see something similar to that again. He, you know, he can't help himself not blitzing against the, you know Daniel Jones. You could definitely talk me into getting Daniel Jones in my portfolio more than Sam Darnold because at least Daniel Jones has given us a QB one scoring week in the season and a QB two scoring week of the season. We know that there's a, a cavernous valley from a ceiling and floor, but at least he's at least shown us he has you know, uh, you know, uh, the ceiling to get there and to like tilt the tilt the slate. Uh, and then I think that the other guy that makes a little bit of sense here now is Darius Slayton. You know, no Sterling Shepard, no Evan Ingram. Uh, he only has 15 targets over the past four weeks, but he leads the team in air yards. He's got an 18 and a half uh, average depth of target. And we saw a couple weeks ago against the secondary we targeted Detroit. You know, he'll get those 50-50 balls and has touchdown potential. So, I mean, he'd be like a guy, I'd be like willing to, to mix in, you know, in like a game stack here.
1: Yeah, it's funny you mentioned him because I said that the only guy I had interested in was Saquon, but I was looking a little bit more into it. As you were talking, I said, you know, I think this could be a decent Darius Slayton spot. And at just 4.2K against the Jets defense that struggle with big with bombs, I don't hate Slayton here. Dago, what about you on the Giants?
3: Yeah, it's a Jets defense that has allowed Gardner Menchie, who just got benched for Nick Foles, who hasn't played since week 1, to throw for 279 and three scores. And then last week we saw Ryan Fitzpatrick hit season highs across the board with another three scores because the Jets genuinely just can't stop anybody. Um, without Leonard Williams, their pass rush, which was, you know, they had been pretty good. They've been in the top half of the league, but it fell now to 18th overall in pressure rate. And that's been Daniel Jones' Achilles heel. When he gets under pressure is when he struggles. But the Cowboys rank number one in pressure rate created overall, whereas the Jets now rank in the bottom half of the league. We're not too worried about it. So if he even has a little iota of time to hit Darius Slayton for one of those 18-yard average depth of target uh, shots downfield, then that's something that pays off and maybe just even one catch. And we've seen that before. We've seen Darius Slayton have two scores in one game. So that's a cheap guy I was looking at as well.
1: There we go. We need That's the stat. Danny Dimes to Darius Slayton. That's the Millie Maker winner right there. And then or- you
3: sprinkle in your Evans and – uh, David Johnson. Everyone
2: we were only else around two, that. We were only two weeks too late.
1: Okay. <laughs> uh, real, real, quick. This is a question for both of you. Who is in over his head more, Adam Gaze or Freddie Kitchens? Oh, Gaze. It's, it's tough to. I mean, it's definitely Gaze for me, though. You say definitely Gaze. Wow, I think. You
3: it's say Gaze. definitely though. Uh, in a world where we don't agree on anything whatsoever, we can't agree on this question right here. Like a Pro Football Talk tweeted out. Uh, who like is Freddie Kitchens one and done? And among fifty thousand votes, ninety four percent said yes. He's done after this year. Like we can't agree on anything. And ninety four percent said he's done after one year. it is absolutely insane. And, but that tells you though whether you're public, quote unquote sharp, whatever it is, you realize that Freddie Kitchens is way over his head. The play yeah. calling is horrendous.
1: Yeah, I I think it's Kitchens, but like it's i think i at
2: least i'll at least give him rope to try to write the ship and ha- go try to work through his first piece he's, of he's adversity to hang himself though yeah listen he is and maybe he will continue to do so but at least like i at least know that gase isn't coming out of this hole that's fair
1: <laughs> all right let's uh let's talk about the Saints because we've got a situation here we've been pretty consistently attacking you know the Saints offense with Latavius Murray and Michael Thomas. Every single week they've been getting there. Now Alvin Kamara comes back. Latavius Murray, his price is up to a point where it's completely unreasonable. You can't play him at all. But they're 13-point favorites at home against the Falcons. Is this another week where we can just say, I'm just going to play Michael Thomas and feel good about it? Even Alvin Kamara, I think, in tournaments is really interesting because he's not going to have any ownership coming back from injury. What do you think about this Saints offense?
3: Yeah, like the reason – I know we're talking DFS here, but the reason you drafted Alvin Kamara top five overall, whether it be best ball or season long, isn't because he was going to get an 80% snap rate like he was getting with Teddy Bridgewater in inner center because they were forced to use him that much because he's one of their few playmakers without Drew Brees. Like he was going to always do this on 65 70% of their snaps and just be as explosive. Um, the thing is for Alvin Kamara in particular is that the Falcons rank – second to uh 31st overall let's just stick with that 31st overall and receptions allowed to running backs because not that they defend that well but you don't need to throw it to your running backs when you can hit your receivers just as easily down the field <laughs> because they're bad at everything um i shouldn't have to tell you to play michael thomas across the board whenever he leads the league and catches despite just going on by he comes back still the leader because it's that easy. And with Drew Brees under center, I would imagine that continues. Trequan Smith is going to come out of the bye healthy as well, as is Jared Cook. But we've seen them both play a game with Drew Brees, and though that doesn't project for the rest of the year, the fact is uh, Michael Thomas will still be the number one receiver. Alvin Kamara will still likely get his. And Latavius Murray, I would think, is involved heavily after having two top eight running back performances the past two weeks with Kamara not involved and out.
1: Yeah, and see, that's my biggest problem with Kamara right now is that I agree with you. I think Latavius continues to be involved, and I can't imagine they're going to run Kamara into the ground. And at 8.2K, you kind of need him to get a bunch of looks. So, Reese, what are you doing with Kamara? And are you also just trying to throw Michael Thomas into as many lineups as possible?
2: yeah i mean uh michael thomas might be team jamming in this week it, you know i was, it was flirting with it and it's i definitely want to get him in you know absolutely you know the, the receivers at the top two is you know i haven't really had a lot of success paying up for receiver but i mean it feels like this is a week i still want to. it's do just it. one of those slates
3: where we don't have really anywhere else to go at the top of that position so uh you can grab just like last week a few 4k guys and just stuff in the top yep. receiver
2: yeah, I mean, I'm with you guys. I mean, with Kamara, I think it's it's tricky. And he also doesn't – you know, he hasn't had a real great track record against the Falcons either. Uh, he's got one monster game. He's never He hasn't even had a touchdown against them in his career yet, which is pretty odd. So maybe we'll get that damn to break. But, you know, for the five weeks before, you know, he, he picked up this injury, he was averaging 20.2 touches per game, and Latavius Murray was averaging just six. I doubt we ever get that back. And that was one of the things that before his injury I was so excited to buy him and was trying to buy him as many leagues as possible during that lull where they just weren't getting the scoring opportunities. So it's like once Breeze comes back with this type of usage, like this dude, could he could be the RV1 from the point Breeze comes back. Uh, but I now I think that the door is open from, one, him picking up the injury, uh, and then, two, how well Latavius Murray played while he was injured, that they're going to kind of go back to some kind of timeshare as they make this end-of-season push uh, because they're one of the better teams in the league and they're going to want to be as healthy as they can you know going yeah. into this they need kamar obviously you know schematically they need him so i bet he is reduced i would wager on him being reduced uh out from those 20.2 touches per game that he had the first 5 weeks of the season but man that one game he played at freeze this year they played one full game this this season and he was he was so good man 170 total yards uh, the ceiling is there for it. So I think he's worth a look in tournaments. I was surprised this game wasn't on there. I mean, I think this, this game has all kinds of stacking appeal as well. You know, Atlanta road games have featured 61 combined points per game. Uh, we've always – this is a game that's always like a staple every year. Falcons Saints, we always kind of circle it and circle it for upside. Uh, and we know that the Falcons can only do one thing, and that's throw the football. So uh, this game is a lot of it, – it's potentially a lot of fun, but you chose the Saints side for a unique reason because after Michael Thomas – We've got a lot of
1: questions everywhere, and it's a game that score points. You know, where do we go? i like, like to have t- t- touchdown team total. I mean, like, the points are going to yeah. come for the Saints team, and it feels like a spot where we should just be able to say, Kamara or Michael Thomas, that's it. But you've got question marks about all these guys, I think. You mentioned the receivers coming back, potentially impacting Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray within the timeshare. Like, I'm really struggling to feel great about any of these spots other than Michael Thomas, which is weird on a team that has the highest implied total on the slate. Just play Drew Brees. I'm not playing Drew Brees. Sure. Uh, Drew Brees heals all. I'm not playing Drew Brees. I'm not playing anybody on the Falcons either. I think the Saints kicked the crap out of them. All right, let's talk about some running backs. Um, Obviously, we talked about some of the guys, but I guess, Dago, the first question is we haven't talked that much about Christian McCaffrey. And I I, I admit it, I have a problem. All right? Hi, my name is Eric. I keep trying to fake Christian McCaffrey. Don't. Don't do that. Why are you doing that to yourself? I don't know. Dude, I keep, oh, I'm not going to pay 10K for a guy. Oh, I'm not going to pay. And now we're here at 10 5, and I feel like such a dummy. Like, well, I can't pay 10K, and, like, because he has a big game, like, or big season, I suppose, the next week, well, 10 5, that's okay. But I don't know, Dagle. I feel like I just have to go with the herd at this point because he's having one of the best fantasy seasons ever.
3: I mean, you, weren't, you were not the only one, right? Like, last week's cash decision came down to either Christian McCaffrey – or Dalvin Cook or both. But the thing is, like, we know no matter what, especially with uh, Kyle Allen still involved in every game, like Christian McCaffrey scored 30, 31 points against the 49ers among all defenses. Like, and with Jarrell Casey out, Tennessee's arguably their best defender. It's like, okay, you just go Christian McCaffrey, right? But the fact is, like, 10-5, it sounds crazy, but 10-5 is still probably pretty cheap, especially on a slate. And like, think game theory now, even for cash games. I mean, you're, we just talked about Barkley and Kamara. We've all had our concerns about them. Aaron Jones, we saw his target share drop with Devontae Adams back. Uh, Latavius Murray, believe it or not, on DraftKings in particular, Latavius Murray is the fifth highest priced running back, and we don't want to pay $7,300 for a guy that we know will be splitting touches at best case scenario. So uh, I think the whole slate just kind of decides for you that Chris McCaffrey's priced at ten five on DraftKings, and uh, uh, what is he on Fanduel? Is he ten five as well? I think he's ten five as well don't on Fanduel.
1: Fandu, but I assume he's a lot.
3: Yeah, I think he's ten five on Fanduel as well. So uh, of course his his receptions don't add value on
1: Fanduel. But either way, it's just you just pay for him, man. Don't overthink it. All right, fine. What about a guy? like Marlon Mack, because I think – I'm looking at projected ownership right now, and it seems like Marlon Mack might be more owned than Christian McCaffrey this week. And we know – look, it's the same story with a guy like Mack, right? Belkow running back, 10.5-point favorite at home over a defense that can't stop the run unless it's Le'Veon Bell. Zareeb's like, what do we do with Marlon Mack? Because it, it should be a fine spot. I'm not sure he has the massive upside that you need, though. What do you think about Marlon Mack?
2: Yeah, I mean same thing with Derrick Henry. Just never these types of players just typically never make my player pool unless the price really drives it. You know, when they're priced up, you know, 7K and above, it's tough for me to really latch on to these guys that don't really catch the football. I mean, even in these these is a really good spot against the Dolphins. Um yeah. you know, I mean they're allowing 170 rushing yards per game, the most in the league. They're the quarterback's banged up, they might play Brian Hoyer. It, it all the signs point to just like they're gonna grind Marlon Mack. Uh, but like without the receptions and you know just cuz if he doesn't score a touchdown even if he rushes for 130 yards like you are getting like you're still not you're, hitting, you're not like, getting there like, it, and that's what sucks about those types of players we talked about their a lot man like if he if he was you know 5k or 57 or yeah. something like there's a lot more appeal in that but you know over 7k is tough uh you know the the McCaffrey thing is interesting um because and it, if it was any other week i think that, you know just just cuz green bay man like Green Bay is so bad. Like, they, dude, the, the Chargers just ran for fewer than 40 yards in four straight games. The first time an NFL history teams done that since 1946. They just let the Chargers rush for 157 yards on them. Like, they don't care about stopping the run. Like, Mike Patton's been open about not even about said it, the run. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, like, McCaffrey's going to roll. The thing about McCaffrey that's a little bit different is, like, this cat is do some do some regression and not from the sense of like the thing is his usage is so high, but he's scoring like splash plays. Uh, he already has four touchdown runs of 40 or more yards. Only four backs in NFL history had more than that in a season. He's only played eight games and already has four. His receptions are down and his target share are down too. Um, you know, he's not getting you like these, all like all this, this bucket of other, he's not going seven for 80 every game receiving. I mean, you look at his past receiving lines, three for 20, four for 38, four for 26. Like if he doesn't hit one of these 40-yard touchdown runs for you, one of these games is coming. I don't know when it's going to happen. I'm playing this week. I'm not suggesting it's this week either. Um, But like this isn't a situation where he's like putting – doing what Marshall Falk did like, uh, you know, in in 2000 or what Priest Holmes did in 2002. Like he's living off of huge plays right now and just not coming off the field. Like eventually he's going to have one of these games where he doesn't get you a 50-yard touchdown run. And I guess maybe he did against the Bucks, and still got you two touchdowns. But, uh, you know, I mean, he's getting these huge, huge runs. And, like, you just keep asking yourself, like, when is he not going to have one of these?
3: Yeah, if this were <laughs> – if, like, if Zeke or Cook were involved in the slate, again, that would put pressure on us. But you heard Latavius Murray is the fifth highest priced running back at a timeshare. That's all I need to hear. Need
2: to yeah, one. it's – yeah. Now, I mean, for cash, though, it makes – like, none of these yeah. guys make sense. Of course.
1: Yeah, like, no, you just played McCaffrey and Cash. Um, David Montgomery ended up having, like, if they just keep giving the ball to David Montgomery, they're going to be a better football team. And for whatever reason, they keep refusing to do that early. Dago, you won David Montgomery this game, this week. I don't know if I am. Come but on! It, but if I, do
3: I, should I be? Should I be is the question. Yes. And uh, probably, I mean, the past two weeks, he's handled 48 of their 62 backfield touches. It is clear they're trying to get away from Trubisky without actually benching the God because they're, they feel bad about his
1: feelings. And, Dude, this, uh, wait hold, on, wait, hold on. This Trubisky thing is nuts to me because did you yeah. see the story today where Trubisky was like asking them to turn televisions off? Cause he was tired of hearing bad things said about him. Yeah. I swear to you, I read that and I thought, Oh, that's a funny onion article. It was real. <laughs> it was a real thing that they said. Like, it's, it's amazing. Like, I mean, I know we all joke about Sam Darnold seeing ghosts. Like, who is more sensitive right now than Ms. Trubisky? It's nuts. Anyways, that's I'm off my soapbox now. So. No,
3: no, it's fine. But the thing is, like as we know, this is not the same Bears defense that it was in the past. Uh, and the Lions just continue throwing the ball with success. And the Lions also have allowed the most fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. So if they're just going to continue throwing the ball with ease, that either one forces the Bears to run the ball because it's their only way, their only path to efficient offense, or they get behind and Montgomery does nothing. So <laughs> you have to kind of guess for yourself which one that is. So, should I have more Montgomery? Sure. Yeah, probably. But uh, for a guy who's still just getting more early down works and targets because they still continue going back to Tariq Cohen for whatever reason, um, throwing. I, mean, I think ball. Tariq Cohen's interesting this week. Really? Because yeah. like balls at the line, Reeves' eyes just got question yeah,
1: marks I, I all I over them. They do. Like the thing is, like, like, you said, like Dude, they every week, even though it doesn't make sense, what do they do? They still keep trying to make Tariq Cohen happen. Now they get a Lions team that can't cover running back side of the backfield, whose linebackers are terrible in defense if this is a week where Tariq Cohen could break a couple, I'm not saying I'm playing him. I'm like, I'm not sure if that's a, like that's a place I can actually go. Right. But on this Wednesday, I think he's interested. Reeves, get in here. Oh, I'll mean, I, I guarantee. I, just, I
2: wanted to just hear his take. That's all.
1: I have no, goes, no wait, wait, wait. Just like, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to say anything mean. I don't want him to have to, you know, request that televisions get turned off. So I'm just going to not say. Anything. Listen,
2: I had, I had no preparation for Tariq Cohen takes on this, on this podcast.
1: <laughs> All right, Reeves, well, do you have preparation for this Brown situation? Because, you know, they come out and they said – they basically said that Nick Chubb might not see as many carries moving forward. Kareem Hunt obviously coming off the suspended list. We've got a 3K, a men mid-price Kareem Hunt, Reeves. I don't know what the hell to do with this right now. Are you playing – I know that's exactly right, but, I mean, in tournaments on a slate where we don't have a lot of value, like, I think it makes sense to throw a few darts that way.
2: I mean, there are some wise men in the world, and no one knows what's going to happen with, with this usage. <laughs> You're um, one of the wise men, Reed. That's why I'm I, mean, me. I mean, the Bills have got have started to get tor- torched up on the ground. I mean, uh, they've allowed 113, 176, 94 yards rushing the past three weeks to Washington, the Dolphins, and the Eagles. The Eagles are the one good team that can run the football a little bit out of those guys. But the other two are teams that we typically don't target. So, I mean, maybe there's some upside there. Oh uh, man, I don't know. I just don't know if the Browns score points, you know, in this game. I mean, so they're the Browns, favored. I know this is unreal to me as well. Uh, so the Browns have already faced five teams in the, the top eleven, and you know, expected points added through pass defense so far. Mm-hmm. And in those games, they scored touchdown on five of fifty nine drives. <laughs> um, in the other three games, they've scored a touchdown on twelve of thirty five drives. So I mean, like, the, like they just when their pass defense offense gets squashed. Uh, like they just haven't been able to do anything, and so I mean, it's really tough. They face another really good pass defense here in a game that's probably going to be just low scoring in general because that's what the bills do. Oh, I hate this game, and this it's game tough. feels
1: like it's like 17 to 14 and move on.
2: I'd probably be more interested in the Devlin Singletary side than the, the Brown side, and, and just, just understanding that there's a lot of risk involved in there. You know, Devlin Singletary is another one of those guys like Ronald Jones. Like, we finally got clarity that. It's kind of his show moving forward a little bit. Uh, the only My the worry... teams
1: are about to be lit, man. <laughs> uh, the only thing you got to
2: worry about is Frank Gore did still have three carries inside the five last year. Dude, did, did, cash... did
1: you see it? Like, they just came playing Frank in. Gore. Here you go. And it was just – I mean, and they did it on a fourth down, too. Like, it was the fourth and one, where they just handed it right to Frank Gore, and it was – I mean, he didn't get there. It's unbelievable. But at
3: least Singletary still gets the targets, whereas – uh, ronald jones like is still a afterthought to dare who got that hurry up goal line score at the end of the game
2: and the browns have just been getting shredded man i mean you look at i mean philip Lindsay only had nine carries last week and you know 92 just chunk runs you know carson got him for 124 two games ago tevin coleman got him for 97 and a touchdown his first game back Breida in that same game got him for one like they're giving up long runs the philip Lindsay, you know game the matt breeda game uh they're giving up they're giving up splash plays in the running game. Um, you know, the, you got big play upside. I think you know for Devin Singletary, he's priced in a really weird spot too, to where mm. I don't know if he'll get played a lot. But although he is a little bit of a hot hot name,
1: yeah, but still, like to. anybody in that price range is going to play David Montgomery. It's just two hundred bucks more. All right, we are we are so far behind on the show. So really quick, we're having fun. Yeah, I know this is a fun show, man. Like. I'm I'm not dropping F-bombs even though I want to. We're talking some Tariq Cohen. We spent like 80 minutes on uh, Ryan Tannehill. It's really been a great show. Um, but really quick, Dago, give me one wide right receiver that's really interesting to you this week. Do you want value or do you want expensive? Bro, I said one. Pick one. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> let's just levels. go. What am I talking about? Let's just go
3: uh, Russell Gage. Oh, God. Why did I say that? What? <laughs> why did I say that?
1: All right. Let's. Okay. Let's just let's go with the expensive one. Let's forget about the value one. Chris Godwin over Mike Evans. How about Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Russell Gage is not how I want to end this show. Reeves, uh, give me one receiver that you're looking at this week.
2: Uh Zach Pascal.
1: God, you guys just like that. That was the easier route. Actually, it I should just took that. One. I'm not playing Pascal, man. Like I had Calvin Parker.
3: Ridley. Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley's better than Russell Gage. Yeah. <laughs> You should end. The, you should just end the show now.
1: Let's just get. Wait, we gotta get the hell out of here. I have projected ownership right now have Russell Gage double the ownership of Calvin Ridley. Told you. You move the needle that much, Dago? Like he just says the name and poof, the ownership just goes up by five points. That's amazing. It
2: Makes me feel really good about playing Calvin
1: Ridley. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> you know how many times I have unsuccessfully played Calvin Ridley this year? Every week, all because of them. I've been playing him every week, and it's just been a bleeping disaster. But him hey, and Mike Williams every week. Oh, oh, Dale! Did you want to touch on Mike Williams real quick? Yeah, even though
3: this is the uh, Keenan Allen week, I hope you know. So sorry to Mike Williams. This is the pick Mike Williams show,
1: but it's Keenan Allen week. Dude, it's I'm so happy. Like every week, people play Mike Williams, and the dude just sucks. Like, 100 yards last oh, week. Calm down. Oh, he was great last yards. week. Calm down, sir. 100 yards calm down. last week. Sucks. 100 lucky yards. Way to go. All right, Reeves. Tell the people where they can find you. At Sharp Football,
2: uh, Sharp Football Analysis, uh, you know, worksheets up every week. I'm, we're going to have an announcement tomorrow, so uh, look for some stuff tomorrow to hit uh, the Twitter sphere. All right, Dega, where can the people find you?
3: Rotorworld.com. You can tune in on Sunday at noon Eastern on NBC Sports, Twitch, and YouTube, and rotorworld.com slash win. Win50 is the code if you want 50% off your season-long package for
1: the rest of the year. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. Get those deals out there. I know we got some promos going on at Grinders as well so make sure you check those out but we got to get out of here we got the pro football show pro football focus show coming up next i want to thank daigle i want to thank reeves for joining me i want to thank the d train for letting us go a little long today and not yelling at us too much and i want to thank you guys for listening it's been fun Merritt crane catch y'all later peace